I, I'm just convinced God wants to speak to you. So I want to give you a message that Jerry Holland just uh, texted me just a moment ago, just before uh, uh, the service started. He says, faith does not uh, ignore the presence of facts. It ignores the power of the facts. But all right, I'll, I'll speak that. I mean, how many of you have had a declaration over your life? This is the fact, and, and we, all, we give the facts the power that everybody else gives it. But the reality is sometimes, you know, faith, we ignore the power of the facts because we believe in the power of God more than. Okay, so there's one. Mark that down. God's good. All right, so here's the other one. Uh, um, how many need a healing? Come on. Okay, all right. The rest of you are liars. But I'm telling you this. I don't mean to be harsh. What? What is this? You feel empowered by pastor to make people feel guilty. What was that about? Did you hear him say that? Well, you weren't listening. Oh, you don't listen to announcements. That's right. But anyway, Dave did say that. Truth and love. Uh, but we did have an incredible, incredible men's meeting Friday night. I just, and, I, and I don't say that to make you feel like you missed something. Well, yeah, I do. You missed something. But that, that next time it comes around, come on, man. There was just some incredible stuff that went on, some healing that took place, some confession that took place that just, you know, it brings healing. It was just such an incredible, great time. And, um, and you can tell that Dave has a passion for it. You can tell when he gets up here. You know, sometimes when he reads announcements, it's like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's good. But, boy, you talk about, you get somebody, hey, this is, I believe in this. And it's like, whoa, man, hold them back. And uh, it's good. So um, just the whole idea, we keep putting the announcements out there, hoping that uh, somehow you would get involved, you know, more than just showing up here on a Sunday. There's more that happens. And, and again, if this is all you do, we love you. Glad you're here. And, uh, but we want you to get everything God has for you. And I believe, how many believe there's healing in the house? Today. Today. So here, here's what happens. It says, after this, and I, and I didn't give this, I didn't. You're just going to have to, you know, believe me that I'm reading this right. He said, after the feast of the, uh, Jerusalem, he went up. Uh, Jesus went to Jerusalem, all right, by the Sheep Gate. There was a pool called Bethesda there. All right? And at the pool of Bethesda, and I'm going to paraphrase, um, there was all kinds of sick people that hung around the pool. Because, and I, I, don't, I don't understand this, because it says, for an angel went down at a certain time in the pool, stirred the water, and then whoever was first got healed. It's like, I, I don't know, you had to be like, ah, you ready, 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 boom, there it goes. And whoever was the fastest, whoever had the most help, you know, there was something about that that just does, it sounds crazy to me. But, uh, but man, there were people ho hanging out there. I imagine there was some guy, if it was me, I'd be right at the edge. And if something happened, roll over. That'd be it. Just you, if you want to get in there first, it's me first. The great thing about Jesus, it doesn't have to be a me first thing. 
It doesn't have, you, you don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have the most friends. You don't have to have somebody there. You don't have to have a great support group. You just have to have some faith. Jesus comes to the pool, and there's a guy there that had been there for 38 years. He'd been set, or he had the infirmity for 38 years. I don't know how long he'd been lying there, but for 38 years he had this infirmity. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he, he, in that condition, he, uh, uh, he said, do you want to be made well? And so I will ask the question, do you want to be made well? Okay. Here's what this guy says. He said, sir, <laughs> he said, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. Yeah, I, I, when the water stirred up, somebody else gets in there ahead of me. Instead of, of, of saying, yes, Jesus, I want to be made well, we can be full of excuses why it's not going to happen today. How many times have you come into the house having a need and walked out with a need and, and, and uh, not, not realizing that God, he, he's not a respecter of persons. I'm here to tell you God desires to heal. He will heal. And, and what if today is the day? Okay, how many times? I, 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 reality is he doesn't heal every single time. Right? We prayed for things over and over again. But the story, and those of you that are Bible scholars, of the unjust judge is something that he wants us to, to uh, incorporate into our prayer. It's we just don't stop. We keep buying. I don't know. Say why. Does the accumulative prayer affect God? I've seen some of you come in here, and you haven't hardly prayed at all in your life, and by God all of a sudden, boom, he comes through. I'm like, well, that's hardly fair. They're crying out loud. Why don't you suffer like some of us have suffered? And then others, you know, it's it's cumulative prayer after prayer after prayer frustration. But but there are those of you that do not lose faith, and you continue perseverance, and eventually. And the problem with those eventual prayers and that persevering prayer is. And sometimes we get stuck in a rut where we think, well, this is just more perseverance, when in reality, God has a day for your deliverance. You want to be made well? What, 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 just maybe you could dare to believe that today might be the day that God does something incredible. So, the guy had all kinds of excuses. That's not going to happen. You know, look, somebody's getting in before me. They're faster. They're smarter. They got more friends. They got all that. And he just said, shut up. In his mind, he said, would you stop? Just stop talking. Some of you just need to stop talking. All the negative stuff of why things aren't happening. And just listen. Maybe Jesus has a word for you today. He looks at the guy and says, he just take up your bed. I'm here. I, I, I am the difference maker. It's not about the crowd. It's not about all, you know, how all the support. It's, I'm here. I'm here. How many believe Jesus is in the house? 
He definitely is here. And where he is, man, oh, man, all kinds, all kinds of stuff. So, number two, there it is. I'm done with that one. Just, I, I want you to believe today could be the day. And so, here, here's what uh, I'm going to officially preach. And when it gets on YouTube, I'm going to title this one. Which I don't know what I'm going to title it yet. So somebody come up with something good. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17. Look at this. It says, uh, and I'm reading from the New King James. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God is always speaking. Are we always listening? Not always. But the prayer that I have is, God, give me ears to hear. Give me ears to hear. He says, to him who overcomes. Say that. To him who overcomes. To him who overcomes. How many of you feel like an overcomer today? You know, some. Not everybody. But being an overcomer is not about feelings. It's not whether you feel good. It's not whether you're, you know, your muscles aren't aching or whatever, whatever it is that we you put in our, our mind or what you've heard preached in the past about being an overcomer. I want, to, I want to give some truth to this so that you can understand where you stand today. He said, to him that overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. All right, let me back up for a minute. This is Revelation chapter 2 right? There is an incredible teaching going on on Tuesday nights about Revelation. And it's happening right here in Corinth at 6.30 every other Tuesday. I promise you, man, oh man, I am, Lena said I've, you know, been uh, uh, avoiding because Revelation is so far over her head. Well, you know what? So have I. Like there's so much in there I didn't understand, but but I I set my heart to it. I believe it's time for us to have revelation, and God has been speaking to us in that. And so you'll want to be here to um, to unpack the revelation that's in that's in Revelations, and uh, you can read this to him who overcomes. I will give. Uh, some of the hidden manna to eat. What in the world does that mean? You know, you can read that and just kind of pass over. It's like, what does that mean? Hidden manna. I ain't got a clue. Uh, and he goes on just to finish the scripture. And I'll give him the white stone. And uh, on the stone, a new name written, which no one uh, knows except him who receives it. Now, if you're going to hear what the Spirit's saying, and you're going to be an overcomer, God's going to give some things. There's some incredible things that he spoke to the churches that he was going to give to those that overcome. We'd rule with him. We'd eat of the tree of life. Our name would be written in that Lamb's book of life. All kinds of, over and over and over again for those that are overcomers. And uh, sometimes our priorities get so mixed up. All we want to do is exist in this world. By the way, thank you for all of you that spent so much money getting here this morning at $4.39 a gallon. 
in Corinth. Not that I'm angry. Uh, but, you know, we're so pressured on around us financially and, 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 you know, all of the news. It's like, man, I just want to get through the day. And, 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 and sometimes we, we lean on the things of the world to get through the day when God has given us everything we need to lo- for life. He's given it to us. And he's given us the ability to be overcomers. He's given it to us. It's not the what you typically think. An overcomer, over, you know, they overcome all these obstacles and they do some great uh, um, feat of strength or stamina or all of this stuff. But we can overcome in our weakness. And in fact, that is where and when we do overcome. Is when we stare our weakness in the face and we still say, Jesus, you're Lord. You're, if there is one thing that is just uh, exploding in my mind and heart this week is that we need a Savior. We need a Savior. You know, it's not like I needed a Savior back a while ago when I was all messed up, and now I don't need you so much, Jesus. Man, oh, man, every once in a while I get to the place where it's like, oh, God. And it's nice if you're there every day and you just say, Lord, I need a Savior. <laughs> I need a Savior. You need one. And the great, great thing about it is he wouldn't withhold himself from you. You're never going to get strong enough where you don't need him. You're never going to get smart enough where uh, you don't need them. You're never going to get spiritual enough that you're going to have to say, oh, Lord, I, I, I can handle this myself. Did you ever get there? I can handle this myself. He says, good luck with that. See what you can do. When, I'm all done, when you're all done, I'll be right here. Tell me how that worked out for you. <laughs> it's just the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. He's the, it's the patience of God. It's the kindness of God. So the idea of being an overcomer is not being spiritually more astute or, or having a better program or, or having all those around that can just push you into the next thing. It's, it's just having a faith towards God that's absolute unchanging because he's unchanging. The idea, and, and God love us, I, you know, we've all come from various backgrounds but my my background spiritually born into something that that we had we had uh, uh, spiritual superstars that man we lifted them up you know man they were the best preachers and and they would brag about you know whatever they did and you know how many got the Holy Ghost and how many got this oh wow I wish I was like them you know or or listening to something the other day. Uh, somebody bragging about how many days of consistent prayer has gone on. I'm like, like, really? You think, and I I understand, be be in prayer. I, I think I have prayed every day for the last 40 years myself. Okay? So more fervently than others sometimes. But I don't think there's a day gone by that I don't say, Lord, you know, 
Unless I was in a coma. I don't remember that. But, but the idea is some people, we want to promote the spiritual life of somebody that's an overcomer is somebody that's giant in faith and they, you know, they, they literally just about walk on water. But the reality of it is nobody is like that. I, okay, if you're like that, take the microphone from me and let it out. But in my experience in serving God, there are those that, that want to project this notion of being super spiritual. And then there's that, the reality of, man, I am made up of dust. And, and I struggle. And when as soon as I get it together in one season of my life, the season changes. It's like, oh, whoa, I got this parenting thing done. Okay, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, okay, we got this, uh, uh, you know, empty nest, and wow, this is in this great baby, it's me and you now. And then there's grandchildren, and she's wanting to go out west every other week. <sighs> me too. You know, and again, you know, you're, you're going along in the strength of, of being a young man, and all of a sudden, I'm not as strong as I used to be. No, I'm, I'm not, my point is this, folks. Listen to me. There ain't anybody. There ain't anybody that's good. And I'm not, I'm not making that up because the Scripture says there is none good. No, not. Well, maybe, maybe one. Let's talk about one. There's got to be one. Uh, no, not one. The only one is the one that rose from the dead, the only one that's really good. And so your idea of being an overcomer, uh, of, of, of declaring um, uh, how good you can be, you can scratch that okay, because that doesn't work for any one of us. He'll show us. It says, be careful when you think you stand. You know, we're looking at one another and say, well, man, why didn't you, uh, what's going on here? You know, be careful when you think you stand. Be careful when you think you got it all together because none of us do. So, so, so here's the couple things. What is the hidden manna? Let me just, let's talk about, we talked about manna the other day in, uh, oh my goodness. We talked about manna the other day in the real men's group. Let me give you some facts about it. Manna was, uh, it literally means, what is this? Uh, because the children of Israel, when they first come out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, there was a million of them, whatever. God, at that moment, began to supply bread for them. And it lasted from the time they went around Sinai. They, they didn't cross over Jordan. They, and they were 40 years wandering in the wilderness. It lasted until they got into the promised land. So that manna was substance. It, it just got them through the day. It got them through the day. I don't know if they had like, uh, you know, um, all, you know, bestrecipe.com that they could figure out 1,500 ways to cook manna. Or if there was one or two different ways and it was manna. That was it. But it sustained them. You know, there's sometimes in your life, uh, 
uh, being uh, cared for and sustained by God, unfortunately for us that have, that have lived in abundance, that's not enough. I'm going to tell you, we've talked about it with food and raiment, but the gas prices, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to drive around like I do. I love just to drive around. I don't, get in the car. Oh, nope. I'm going to make a shorter trip next time. I was threatening to sell my motorcycle this year. That ain't happening. Uh, but the idea of, of, of uh, the abundance, especially in our culture in America, you know, here we are with friends and family and different ones you, you may, may know you, in Ukraine re- willing to give their life and their houses being bombed and all of these other things. And we're ticked off because we're paying a little more for gas, quite a bit more. But put it in perspective, would you? I mean, yeah, no, I am. I think it could it could have been done different, but, uh, you know, I'm saying that out of a place of abundance, and there's times that God in, in this kingdom, listen, you want to be on top of the mountain all the time? That's not real. It's just not real. I, I want things to go my way. Well, you're a spoiled brat, lovingly. I, I, I want to be, I, okay, great. I'm glad you think that can be. I want everything to go my way. It doesn't always go your way. What you need to do deal with is the reality of life. So here, here's the hidden, there is a manna, that's a universal manna, even today, that God, it's out there for all of us. It's out there for the saint and the sinner alike. I'm telling you, God's provision, God so loved the world he gave, he, he already paid a price for them. If they even just have a hint of faith, God's going to show up because there is a manna that's universal for everybody. I, I've said it before. There's people that they don't come to church, they don't pay their tithe, they don't, they don't even talk about God, they pray a prayer, God heals them. That's not right. You know what? There's a manna that's universal. And we don't get to make the choices. He is, he's the one. What you ought to do is when God shows up and does something miraculous, you ought to get alongside and say, yes, that's my Savior. He's that good. Because the more he gives to you, it doesn't take anything away from me. Ever. The, the, the inheritance is without limit. You getting a part of the inheritance, it's like the, the, the clan that yeah, mom and dad pass away and everybody's fighting over what's left because it's a limited inheritance. I want the chairs. If you take the chairs, they're not going to my, I want the gun cabinet. I just got it. I want, you know, and, and because if you have that piece, I don't get it. That's not the way the kingdom works. His inheritance is without limit. Him blessing you and healing you and, and just pouring his grace out on you, it doesn't limit his storehouse. It's never depleted. And so you ought to be able to rejoice. Thank God for a healing. Thank God for what he did here. Well, he hasn't done it here yet. Well, come on, let's persevere. So that manna, that universal manna, is, I believe, uh, 
It's out there. But there is a hidden manna that God refers to. And, and I just want to explore it for a minute, and I want to tell you what I think it might be. And what I think you have access to if you are an overcomer. You see, I believe you can be saved and not have peace. I believe you can be his and not have joy. I believe that, that God could call your name and your name's in the Lamb book of life, but you're going to go through life with a limp because you never partake of the hidden man. Because you never put yourself in a place to be an overcomer. Because there's some of you today that are here, you're living a life of condemnation that's not yours to live as a blood-bought child of God. There is no condemnation. But oftentimes, that condemnation comes because your brothers and sisters have a warped idea of what it is to be an overcomer. And there's times that we look at one another with an eye of judgment when we have no right to do that. None. I'm, I'm telling you, faith does not ignore the facts of your life. But I'm going to come alongside you and say the facts I, what, the facts of your life does not uh, uh, necessarily say that the power of those facts have to rule you. Why? Because I know, because I know what it is. I'm going to tell you, I know what it is to be an overcomer. I know what it is to live an overcoming life. Say, wow, pastor, you're super spiritual. No, I'm not. Let, let me read you what it is. Uh, what, what they said here. Uh, well, I miss Exodus, so you don't need to do that one. But if you want to read about the manna, it's in Exodus chapter 16. Go home and read that. So, and, but I'm reading from Revelation chapter 7. It says, after these things I looked and I beheld... Uh, 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 and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nation, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Let me read this again. A great multitude, which no one could number, of how many nations? All nations, tribes, people, and tongues. Let me just say on a secret. America does not have a corner on the gospel. Right? It's like, oh, man, everything, you know, we, we got it together. No. No. It, when, it, when it comes down to it, it's going to be every nation, every tribe, every people, and the tongue. And they're all going to be standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hand. They're crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Yeah. Come on, man, what a sight. He says, all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Woo! What a sight. I'm going to tell you this. John saw me there. I don't remember seeing him, but he saw me. 
I'm going to, I, that, man, that is a scene. And you're like, well, I want the world peace and I want, and I want all that too. But I want to be there. That's where, that's the focus. So he goes on to say this. He says, uh, uh, then one of the elders answered saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who came out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, uh, they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night uh, in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. Think about that. It says, these are the ones. So who, who are all these people? When John saw me, and the elders pointing, he pointed at me. He said, yes, he, that guy, these of every tongue, every, they uh, are, are the ones who came out of great tribulation. Okay? Let me give you a clue. Are you stirred up? Is there trouble in your life? Are, you know, you got things going on. Is there heartache, hurt? Is there tribulation in your life? Lie is to believe that if you're an overcomer, there will be no more tribulation. The reality of it is there will be, the more so as the day approaches, greater turmoil around us in our lives, around the people in our lives. Why? Because the enemy knows his time is short. We're going to want to, and I'm telling you, God's going to do some great things, but it's not going to be this idea that we live on this spiritual high continually. We're living in a fallen world. And we're buffeted about on every side. But there is one thing that's unchanging. And I will stand one day with a, I'm not yelling, with a robe that is white. Not because I was smarter than somebody else. Not because I was more spiritual. Not because, you know, that I prayed harder. I did. A, I just absolutely believe in the power of his blood in my life. They made their robes white by the blood of the Lamb. Could it be so simple that me becoming an overcomer is that, Lord Jesus, today I come into the place, into our fellowship, a mess. But I'm asking you one more time, just like I asked you yesterday. Wash me in your blood. Father, forgive. Uh, I, I, do you know how often I pray this? And I, I've said it before, but the Lord's Prayer, teaching his disciples to pray. It, it wasn't, Lord, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive. Read it. It says, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. And so when I pray that prayer, and I do constantly, not a repetitive, you know, uh, our Father, watch art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come. You know, they just chant it. No, I, I, every once in a while, I'd be driving, and I'd say, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. And when I'm saying that, you know what I do? When I'm, why I'm speaking that is I'm saying that for us. 
Not just me. It's not too many of you are so stinking selfish in your pursuit of God. It's all about you, you, you. How about us? It's about us. It's about us being together. And so when I pray a prayer of forgiveness, when I screw up and I need God to forgive me, you know what I say? I said, Lord, forgive us. Because I want to pray that in case Ned didn't get to pray that that day because I know he needs it. And, or I, and I'll pray that over somebody. God, forgive us. Because it makes it, if, if, I, if I'm walking around and, and, and sometimes, believe it or not, I'll make it through a day where I don't know. Maybe I don't, you know, I don't need to pray that prayer for me, but I still need to pray it for us. So that, here's what that does. Here's, I'm, gonna, I, I'm telling you how to stand as an overcomer. How do you eat of the hidden manna? How do, you, how do you participate in that joy and peace that passes all understanding? How, how it is that I can look at my brothers and sisters that are a mess from time to time and say, you know what I see? I see a white robe. I see somebody who's been delivered. Yeah, but I'm not ignoring the facts. Yeah, but I'm ignoring the power of the facts. Because the reality of the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. There's some of you, you're praying for children and, and, and all of that, and they're a mess. Well, what are you praying over them? Lord, forgive us our trespasses. And we're going to see your glory. The hidden manna is you come in here, and your life's a wreck, whatever, you, whatever it is, the tension, you know, the hidden manna for me is I'm free from that because I'm looking at you. I'm seeing you in a whole different light. Maybe in a place that you're not even there yet, but you know what? You're going to be. Why? Because that's absolutely what I believe to be the will of God. Well, what happens if nobody gets there? Well, if they don't get there, hey, it's not going to be because I'm not believing. It's not going to be because I'm not trusting God to do it. But, but, but look, look at reality. The reality of it is we're all a mess. That's reality. And the only hope we have is the blood of Jesus. True or not true? Well, if you're going to receive that for yourself, let that be for your brother or sister. Yay? All right, I'm almost done. Two more messages. He says in Revelation 12 and 10, he said, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of the brethren who has accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. You want to be an overcomer in the day that we live? We need, you know, whatever. You put the tag out there. There's one thing that's going to cause you to be an overcomer. That's the blood of the Lamb. And then that constant word of your testimony. Man, God's good. He's faithful takes care of us. Just that constant, God, you're good to us. But you're going to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Let me just throw this in as a side note. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, I'm coming after you. 
Okay? Well, you got no right. Oh, yeah, I do. He said that I'm supposed to. So I'm coming. I'm going to come look in your face personally and say, have you been? Just after I preach it once. But if you haven't been baptized, come on, man. I, there's something powerful that happens there. Something powerful. So stand with me. We worship you, Jesus. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Let me tell you something. There will be a day that the enemy of your soul will be cast down. All that we fight against will come to an end. He will be cast down. But it's not today. Just the reality of it is Satan's alive and well. But I tell you, he has no power and authority to those that have overcome. You're the given power and authority in your life. You can do that. You can still eat of the manna, but there is hidden manna for those of us that would trust Jesus to cover us, not trusting in the arm of the flesh, not trusting in our own ability, but absolutely and completely trusting in the blood of Jesus to cause us to overcome. Can it be that simple? I tell you what, if it's any harder than that, I lose. Because I believe his blood's enough. And so, Father, I speak that today upon us. I speak your goodness, Lord Jesus, that is just poured out upon us. I speak that inheritance, Lord, uh, to, to my brothers and sisters, even now that have been weak in the faith and faltering. Lord Jesus, you have never uh, failed. You never falter in your love for us. God, hand, your hand to touch, to bring healing and deliverance, to strengthen, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Every hand that hangs down, God, help us. Lord, to partake of the hidden manna as we overcome the wicked one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I speak that today by your divine authority in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. As we sing, as we lift our voice, I just, man, if God spoke to you at all, would you come on down, just lift your hands. If you need a healing in your body. Come on down. Let us pray for you. If you need some encouragement, if you need somebody to speak a word of faith to you as you struggle, come on down. Let God do a finished work. It's not enough just to hear it. But man, I, I like to just pray and say, Lord, speak anything else you want to speak to me. So I'll open these altars as we sing. Take some time before you leave. In Jesus' name.